just I just I just speak my peace keep my peace What's good, y'all? Welcome to episode 102 of the Speak My Peace podcast. As always, I'm your gracious host, Greg Lacey. Like we always do about this time, I hope this episode reaches you all in good health, that you take care of yourself and your loved ones, as we know how important uh, those things are today. Before we do get into this episode, I want to welcome all my listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Speak My Peace podcast, whether it's your first time, second time, whatever frequency you decide to uh, listen to this podcast on you are greatly appreciated uh, for my listeners please make sure you are sharing liking and subscribing to the podcast um, share with your friends share with your co-workers share with your family um, like the episodes leave feedback leave comments on the episodes and whatever medium decides to listen to this podcast on it would it is greatly appreciated and most importantly just make sure you are subscribed on whatever uh, platform you decide to listen to the podcast on so that you have updates and alerts when new episodes drop um, so that you don't have to just wait for me to announce on social media when uh, new episodes drop so that you have the most up-to-date alerts when new episodes are released. Also, make sure if you're not already, follow me on Instagram at Speak My Peace Pod. Once again, the handle is Speak My Peace Pod. Um, that is greatly appreciated as well. I, I appreciate all the love that I get and um, let's just garner in more. Let's spread the word about this good podcast. One thing that I, um, one thing that I'm cognizant about this podcast that we speak about a lot of topics that I know the demographic of my listeners um, that are pre- prevalent prevalent to us. But a lot of these times we have conversations on this podcast that other people that the outsiders need to hear as well. That people who are not looking for these type of conversations that are shying away from it, that are running away from it, they need to be hearing these things that we talk about as well. So just make sure that you are sharing and spreading the good word of the Speak One Piece podcast because um, it's greatly appreciated. With that being said, I do want to start this episode off by first saying rest in peace to the young man, Amir Locke, who lost his life last week in, I believe, St. Paul, Minnesota. We're going to get into more details later in the episode. But I do want to make sure that I get that out the way before we go into anything. So once again, rest in peace to Amir Locke. Thoughts and prayers out to his family and everyone who um, was affected by this tragedy. Where do I start this episode? I guess I want to start it by just recanting a statement I made last season. I don't remember what episode it was. I think it was last summer. Quite frankly, all of these summers... For the past three years, or not even the summers, these past three years in general have been a blur. So when I've said something, it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint the time that I said it, because since we've been in in stay at home and quarantine and dealing with the C word, these years have been in a blur. So I think it was last summer. It could have been a summer before that. Quite frankly, I'm not sure. Um, it may have been a summer before that. Now that I think about it. But I want you all to remember or think back to the time, I think it was like episode 60, 60 something, I spoke about paying attention to the genuine and ingenuineness with these big companies aligning with these pro-black, these pro-BLM, these anti-racism uh, movements, because eventually it's going to pan out. You know, we've seen an influx of these white-owned companies speaking and aligning with like with these messages that have never once came out prior to that to denounce racism, to denounce prejudices, to denounce oppression or anything like that. And then all of a sudden 
in the wake of the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, that sparked a huge national outcry. And for the first time, not for the first time, it was on Front Street, but for the first time, people had to actually pay attention to it because we were all stuck at home. We couldn't go anywhere. And it was plastered on our social medias. It was plastered across the TV. It was plastered across the Internet. So you couldn't escape it. So it forced people who once ignored it in an uncomfortable position to where now they have to align. Remember, we had that blackout day on social media, which no one still can tell me what the reason for that was, but it happened. Um, but this was just, it was it was a time to where it put a lot of pressure on people who prior to that were able to skate by and not speak about these topics are not aligned with these movements are not aligned with any statements and things like that. And so that summer happened put a lot of pressure on a lot of people who ignored it for, for many times. And in that we get an influx of genuine and ingenuine people aligning with these movements. Like if y'all remember prior to the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Maude Arbery, um, BLM was thought of like a, um, like a terrorist group. And today some people probably still look at them or see them as that. But prior to 2020, that's what BLM was. People thought it was or not. People thought people depicted as a terrorist group, despite many outcries, despite, you know, people actually, you know, stating the cause for BLM and saying what BLM stood for. We saw people who tried to antagonize. We saw antagonizers try to paint this picture of BLM being antagonizers. And it was just a very wild time. And then fast forward 2020, where all this is on Front Street and a lot of people are speaking up and a lot of people are demanding justice. A lot of people are demanding a lot of things. Um, those people were backpedaling and changing their stance on that because it, we were in a time to where people were like, OK, we're speaking up about this. And if you're silent, you're the enemy. And so now there was forced in an uncomfortable position like, damn, well, I've had the luxury of staying silent because it didn't bother me and it didn't affect me, which is probably still doesn't affect them today. But the reason why a lot of companies were forced to make statements and forced to put dollars in communities and forced to have certain programs is because it was affecting the bottom dollar. And at the end of the day in America, America is built on capitalism. That's what it's about. It's about how you affect my bottom dollar. And in that time, there was a lot of movement for people to push away from, you know, we and ourselves as black people were pushing away from not supporting these companies that don't care about us. But really, we were amplifying our voices, amplifying that black owned businesses and things like that. And they saw that as a threat. And so what came with that is we got some companies that were genuinely you know, align with these messages and we have some that were ingenuine in aligning with these messages. And that is a part of the capitalism as well. Say we have company A who may genuinely feel that they, you know, denounce racism, feel like they are aligned with the, the morals and the values of BLM, feel like the, the lives of black people do matter. Um, they want to denounce oppression and all things like that. And they genuinely feel that way. Then you have company B who probably don't care. But because they are a direct competitor, because the two companies are direct competitors, it put company B in a very awkward position to where now they had to speak up and now they had to make a statement similar to what company A was making. And they probably still didn't care at the end of the day, but they felt like in order for them to continue to make money, in order for them to, get, to remain a competitor, 
this was what they had to do. So they're kind of the majority of the, the country, the majority of the world, their hands was forced to align with these movements, but it was ingenuine. And the reason why I'm bringing this up and recounting this now, we're going to get to it a little later in the episode, but I told y'all to remember that. And now here we are, winter's spring, on the cusp of spring of 2022. We don't see too many companies still making these statements. We don't see too many companies really making it known that the lives of of our people matter. In that time, even in the wake of all that, you know, some of these companies speaking about the engineering companies, they were making certain statements and they were making certain commitments with certain communities and they were doing all this stuff. And then the day after that, you will have black employees or even people of color employees of these companies were going on protests and were going on strike because they had been treated unfairly in the company for so many years and they felt like them sharing and them aligning with certain messages, it was hypocritical. And so they wanted to put it on front street of how this company really is. And we were exposed to that largely due in fact to people being inspired by the protest, being inspired by the movement that, that was created in, in the depth of these people and many other people as well. I'm missing a lot of other names. It wasn't just those three names, but those three names was really what caused a spark and really caused a change and really caused a movement and really caused all of these protests all across the country uh, because it was just like, we don't have anything else to do. We stuck at home. We're angry. We don't have any other outlets to really, you know, direct this tension, this aggression towards. And so now we're going to take to the streets and we're going to demand justice and we're going to demand uh, we're going to demand shifts in, in policing. We're going to demand shifts in funding to the policing. We're going to demand changes within our communities and certain things like that. Like a lot of people felt that that was a time to do it. And rightfully so. I mean, I felt like they accomplished a lot. The people who took to the streets, they accomplished a lot within that time. Some, as I just said, those companies stood by their words. Some didn't. And the reason why I um, bring this up is because as I was preparing for this episode, just to speak on the death of Amir Locke, it, it popped up in my head that statement that I made about just paying attention. Like the coverage that I see on the news and the media of Amir Locke is different from the coverage we've been seeing from the other lives we've been taking at the hand of police brutality, our racism, our prejudice, or whatever the case it may be. It's kind of, and maybe it's just me. I haven't, maybe I, I've been paying attention less to news than I have uh, in the past, but it's kind of been minuscule in comparison to the other deaths we've, we've been seeing over the past two years. And that's really what sparked my mind to, to, to recant that statement or recount that statement and bring it up here in this episode because it was like I said this was going to happen and it happened. And so now we don't see too many people really align it. Like Juneteenth, for whatever reason, was a big deal last year. The year before that as well, but it was a big deal last year because everybody wanted to make sure that black people felt seen. Uh, everybody wants to make sure that black people, that they knew that they care about the black consumers, which they really didn't. But black I said black team. Juneteenth was bigger last year than it had ever been because of the dollars behind it. People use these to they they capitalize on it. It's capitalism that is fine. They capitalize on the they capitalize on the communities, they capitalize on the people, and they capitalize on this holiday that's been around for so many years, but everyone has been ignored for so many so many years. Um and get into a mirror lock. 
horrible transition from one to another. But that's just how I started. That's why I had to start the episode the way I started, because doing my research on the mirror lock situation, it just brought me back to those older episodes when I was speaking about it. Now, back to a mirror lock. A mirror lock was a 22 year old man who lost his life at the hands of some pigs who entered an apartment where he was sleeping and they took his life. There's a lot of unfortunate details in the situation. One of the ones that stood out most to me, most to me, and it was immediately, was the date in which this happened. His life was taken on February second, twenty twenty-two. Now, all around the world, there's two dates within this month of February that people are have been planning for. Um, because of the significance of the numbers and the repeat numbers and things like that. A lot of people are into numbers. A lot of people are into, you know, universal alignment. A lot of people are into other things that I really can't delve into this up in, in this podcast because I'm not well read up on it. But like this, the the universal alignment and, and numbers and things are, are something that a lot of people believe in. A lot of people hold who believe hold a lot of value. Um and so that two of those numbers are in the beginning of this month and near the end of this month. Our two of those dates are in the beginning of this month and near the end of this month. One is 2-2-22 and the other one is 2-22-22. These dates people have been planning towards for maybe years, maybe a year, maybe months, whatever the case may be, to celebrate joy, celebrate love, celebrate life, whatever the case may be. And maybe have been people who were planning, you know, child birth dates around this date. There are people who are planning engagements around these dates. There are people who are planning uh, marriages around these dates. And even on a larger, on a smaller scale, there are people who maybe maybe a, a, a man or a woman may be asking out their significant other on this date so that their anniversary is this date. And we think about all these happy things and all of these great things that people are planning around this date. And then on a, in Minnesota and all around the world, wherever his family is located, one of those dates is going to mean the complete opposite because of this incident. The details as I know it is some pigs in Minnesota acquired a not an announced warrant to investigate a homicide that happened in Minnesota. As they were applying for the knock and announce warrant, somehow they were granted a no knock warrant. Some of you may be listening and the no knock warrant may sound familiar. It is because that is the same warrant that was used to execute Breonna Taylor, which I'm going to get into in a little while as well. But um, so they apply for this knock and announce warrant and were granted a no knock warrant. They were searching for suspects from a homicide in Minnesota. Amir Locke was not one of the suspects. He was not tied into the homicide, he had nothing to do with it. The closest thing he had something to do with was, I think, one of his relatives was a suspect in that murder. And that is the closest he had, he had to it, which still to me, he has nothing to do with it. I have relatives that have done a lot of things that has nothing to do with me. I don't think my life should be taken because of what some of my relatives done. And I have relatives that have done things that I have no idea about. And I don't and I don't think that my life, should, their lives neither. But I don't think a life should be taken, especially mine, because of my relation to someone. 
Like, think about just how inhumane that is, that you could lose your life, which is, is not uncommon by association, but you could lose your life for something that has nothing to do with you. You have no interference with it. You have no interactions with the situation. You just have nothing to do with it. And this young man's life was taken on 2-2-22, and his family has to remember this date for the rest of their lives. It's like it's not going to be too many dates that repeats itself like this. I don't know if it's another one will come up in like 100 years or I'm not even going that far down the road. Maybe it's like 3333. So that's way far down the line. But um, there's not going to be another date like this for a long time. And while this date signifies so much happening for other people. It's going to live in infamy for his family and friends because they have to remember that this is the date that this young man was executed. So get back into the details of the situation. They got this no knock warrant. Go to the place in which he is sleeping again. I don't know if it was his apartment or someone else's apartment, but. In the video that I saw in the body cam that I saw, he is sleeping on the couch. He is sleeping on the couch with a gun, which I'm going to get into as well. Um, has nothing to do with why his life is taken. So they arrive at the apartment, open the door again because it's a no-knock warrant. And from the time that the door is open until the time that his life is taken, there's an eight-second span. Think about that. He sleep, and within eight seconds, his life is taken. He is awakened up, and from the time that he is awakened up, it may until the time that his life is taken, it may be two or three seconds. So I'm going to give you all a break. I'm going to give you all an eight second break just so you can visualize how quickly they took this young man's life. I'm going to give you all an eight second break just so you can put it in perspective starting now. And in that time, his life was taken. So they enter the apartment. He's sleeping on the couch. It's like four or five pigs. They are yelling for him to get up. It seems like he's in a deep sleep because there's a lot of commotion. Like they're not only they open the door, they running in the house. They have boots on, making noise, knocking stuff over. He never moves throughout all this commotion. The only reason why he gets up is because one of the pigs kicked the couch that he's sleeping on. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't like being waking up out of my sleep. I don't care if I'm six years old. I don't care if I'm 16 year old. I don't care if I'm 26 years old. You wake me up out of my sleep. I'm going to be disgruntled. I am going to be angry. Like, I don't ever like waking up. I don't ever like my alarm waking me up out of my sleep. And my alarm is my alarm. Like, I said it. I can turn it off if I want to. And my body knows when to wake up every day because of my alarm. And I still hate to hear my alarm. So imagine that whatever state you are in, you are sleeping with a weapon, a legally owned weapon, a a weapon that you have legal possession of. So maybe we're not going to get into details of that because whatever he felt the need to protect himself while he was sleeping for. And so be it. He legally had possession of that weapon. Like if someone was a barge in my house and I didn't legally have possession to protect myself. I don't like obviously my life would be taken. But I don't like I will feel stupid. So at least 
he had the means to protect himself in the event that his life was threatened. Unfortunately, he didn't get to protect himself, but at least he had the means to do so. At least he had the wherewithal to think that if my life is threatened, then I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that I am here as long as possible to see my mom the next day, see my siblings the next day, see my friends the next day, see my parents, my grandparents, my relatives, whatever the case it may be. At least he had the wherewithal to think like that. So they kick the couch. He's sleeping under a cover and he wakes up after they kick the couch. As they kick the couch, it's when they see him and they see his weapon. Mind you, his weapon is there, but he never points it at anybody, never threatening the life of anyone. The justification, as they always use, was that their life was threatened. But if you Google right now, as you listen to this podcast, the body cam, um, Amir Locke, death, you will see that this young man, one, was all over the place because he had been woken up out of sleep. I don't know what time it occurred. I forgot what time it occurred, but he had been awakened out of his sleep. So obviously he disgruntled. Obviously he's confused. He don't know what's going on. There's a lot of commotion around him. There's lights flashing on his face and he was just asleep. And he's in a, uh, he's in a, a very unpleasant and uneasy state of mind because of this. And so his first thing to do is protect himself. Mind you though, as he grabs his pistol his finger never once come close to the trigger. It's along the barrel. Now, any of you all know anything about guns, if you don't know anything about guns, in order for you to pose a threat to someone, your finger has to either be close to that trigger or on that trigger. Because how are you gonna squeeze, how are you gonna fire that firearm without pulling the trigger that releases the bullets, that releases the lead? So in this, in the body cam footage, his finger is alongside the barrel, nowhere close to the trigger, and it's pointing at the ground the entire time. This is another reason. Another reason why I bring that up is because in order for you to be threatening someone, even if his finger was on a trigger, in order for him to threaten any one of those pigs that were in his vicinity, that barrel had to be pointed at one of them. But the entire time in this body cam footage, the barrel is pointing down towards the ground. So as I said, in between the time that he's come from under the cover and to the time his life is taken, it's maybe like a two minute span. He doesn't even have time to protect himself. He doesn't have time to figure out what's going on. He doesn't have time to explain why he's there. Not that he has to because they are in his home. Um, I assume it's his home. Um, he doesn't have time for anything. He doesn't have time to respond. His response was being waking up and taking the cover off his head. And by the time he took the curl off his head and went for his gun, his life was taken. Think about how inhumane that is. And then for them to come back and say that it was justifiable because they felt like their lives was threatened. Mind you, these are pigs with, um, well, I can't think of the word. They have a bulletproof vest. They have other protective uh, gear on to protect them from things like that. And then they also have weapons. They are out. He is outnumbered. It's five to one. And they still felt the need to take this young man's life. Not even to take his young, young man's life. They felt the need to execute him like an animal. This is the thing. This is the reason why I opened up this podcast and said share it with people who aren't hearing these messages is because I appreciate you all and I appreciate the conversations that we have, 
But there are people in this world who really need to hear this conversation that are not hearing this conversation or a conversation similar to this. This is how these people view us. This is how they always viewed us. They view us as animals, beasts, and less than humans, three-fifths of a human to be specific. And I would love to say I have some hope that this would change sometime down the line, but it, it won't. It just won't happen. Because what happened was 400 years ago, when they viewed us that way, those people were breeding. And when they were breeding, they had children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and they were instilling those same type of values and the same type of morals in their lineage. Saying that people of color are not human. And then what happened is the furthest person down that line also started breeding and started having children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. And they had the same ideals. So here we are now in the 1800s, and now they're further on down the line, their lineage. And now we are in the 1900s, and we are in the civil rights era. And those people who are further down the line, the great-great-grandchild of the person I just mentioned, now they are adults, and now they have children, and now they have great-great-grandchildren. And now they are instilling these same ideas into people, until into people that they are bringing into this world. And so these ideas are not changing. Um, how they view us is not changing. You know, there may be some that are falling through the cracks and changing the dynamics of their family and, and how they view humans. Um, but the vast majority of them still think a certain way. Think about it. The details I just gave you all for Amir Locke, very similar to what happened in uh, 19, when was it? 19, I got it written down actually. Um, in 1969, Fred Hampton. This time last year, I was telling you all about the story of Fred Hampton. I think it was episode 82 because that was around the time the movie Judas and the Black Messiah came out. Um, and I was giving you all my takes on how I felt about it. Fred Hampton, 20 year old, 20 some year old black man, Chicago, was drugged by an informant and then killed while he was sleeping in his own home by the same type of people. Further on down the line after that, we have 2016 in the same state where Amir Locke lost his life or where he was executed. We have Philando Castile, another black man in possession of a legally owned firearm. He made it known that he legally owned a firearm. He was executed in the front seat of his car in front of his girlfriend and her daughter. Two years later, we got, and again, forgive me if I mispronounce his name, because I know I hate mispronouncing the names of the deceased. We have Bolton John in uh, Dallas, Texas, I believe he's what he was. In the comfort of his own home, eating ice cream, a pig walked into his home and took his life because they thought that he was intruding in their home. Year after that, still in Texas, a Tatiana Jefferson at home with her nephew playing video games. She hears commotion outside of her home, and so she goes to investigate. She's in possession of a legally owned firearm because she wants to protect herself and the life of her nephew against any threats. She comes to a window 
to where someone is flashing a light on her. The person who's flashing a light on her, because they flash a light on her, her vision is obscured. So she don't know what's going on on the other side of that window. But the person on the other side of that window flashing a light on her sees everything within the house. They see a firearm and take her life. She doesn't even have a chance to protect herself. 2018, Brianna Walker, Louisville, Kentucky. Her and her boyfriend sleep in their home in their apartment. A no-knock warrant was acquired to pursue a, uh, a suspect who did not live in an apartment and people knew did not live in that apartment. Um, and they bust into their home. And her boyfriend, luckily, in legal possession of a firearm, first thing he think is to protect himself. Because someone had just burst into his home in the middle of the night while he and his girlfriend asleep. So he had to protect himself and protect her. Unfortunately, her life was taken. But he tried his best to preserve their lives by firing rounds into the intruders in their home. Think about that. Think about all these stories and the similarities in them. One thing that sticks out to me, and I don't know if it sticks out to y'all, is that Yes, we have the right to bear arms in America, but we know how the Constitution works. We know how laws in America works. It's only meant for one type of people. These things are not meant for us. And I'm not saying this to discourage y'all from not acquiring these things and not taking advantage of these things, because you should. It's your right. I'm just letting y'all know that there's consequences for everything because of how these people look at us, how these people view us, and how these people treat us. We had to be conscious of that and, and how we move. Not that if these people were being conscious, they would have been able to protect their lives because they weren't. They were set up for failure. Um, half of them lost their lives in their sleep. The other half lost their lives in the comfort of their own home where they're most vulnerable, where they feel they're most protected, where they feel they're most safe, where they feel like they're most at ease. And they were executed like animals because... These people don't view us as human. And so getting back to what I was speaking about the last episode, when someone asks me, you know, why I still don't watch the NFL, why I still don't partake anything in the NFL, this is the reasoning. I know some of you are new listeners to this podcast, so I will recount my reasonings now um, because I kind of got into the last episode, but I didn't. But when I spoke about it in the last episode about my integrity not letting me, my integrity would not let me support someone or something who was blatantly against my people fighting for continuing to fight for their freedom, to continue to fight for their equality. What the NFL did was they saw Colin Kaepernick using their platform to bring light to issues like the stories that I just shared with you all, Amira Locke, Breonna Taylor, Freelando Castile, uh, Tatiana Jefferson, Botham John, uh, Fred Hampton, and uh, thousands of more other people um, who lost their lives in in similar and even worse uh, fashions. Colin Kaepernick used their platform, one of the biggest platforms in the world, to bring light to these things. And it put the NFL in a very weird position because... He was one of the most popular athletes around the time. But in the same time, their fans, because the majority of NFL fans 
are people who share values with these pigs who are executing these people and these racists who are executing these people because their fans share the same or similar values of these people who are carrying out these inhumane attacks on our people. It started affecting them bottom dollar. Remember, I spoke about in the beginning of this episode. I'm going to get back into the bottom dollar thing. It was affecting their bottom dollar. And so the NFL had to make a choice. Either we shut him up or we lose money because our fans obviously are not riding with this man using our platform to speak about these things. And so what they did was they banished him. They banished him and blackballed him. They waited for him to become a free agent and it was a perfect window to not ever allow him back in. And so they did that. I stopped watching NFL this summer. Colin Kaepernick was a free agent because I was of the mindset. I was of the mindset that, you know, he's going to become a free agent. He's going to sign somewhere. Maybe it's not going to be the best possible uh, situation for him. Maybe he's not going to be a starter, but somebody's going to sign him. There's no way that they can deny him a job considering what he's been doing for the past five years. That summer came and went and he never got signed. The season after that came and went, he never got signed. And then four seasons follow. Is it four seasons or five seasons? It's five seasons followed since then, and he never got signed. Because they effectively kept this man out of the league, not allowing him to shed light on these topics. Now, the NFL is not the first entity, it's not the first company to try to silence someone who was bringing light to these issues. But the NFL was a company that I was heavily invested in, a company that I had been invested in for my entire life, being a long lifetime fan of this company. When I speak about my integrity not letting me, I couldn't take that slap on the face. I couldn't know that they didn't value my people. I couldn't know that they didn't value me and still help them generate revenue off of my hard earned money. My integrity just wouldn't let me do that. I, I just couldn't. And some of you may listen to this and say, well, you know, there's other companies that are doing it. There is. And when I'm faced with a decision and and when these things come to light and I'm faced with a decision to support or not support, I make the same decision with no hesitation. Because I'm at a point in my life to where what's most important to me is us, our people, sharing these stories, this platform, using this platform to share these stories, using this platform to shed light on these stories. Um and with that, it comes a lot of responsibility in how I carry myself and carry my life. Like, I can't have aspirations to be a parent and then let them know and then have children and let them know that it's okay for someone or something to not value their life and still support them or still generate money for them. I'd be a damn fool, honestly, if I did, but I, I just can't, I can't do it. And that's why I don't support it. Like the most, and I, and I spoke about it in previous episodes as well. Um, the most I'll do is fantasy football. I play fantasy football. I have played fantasy football for the past five years since I stopped watching NFL, but um, that's the most I do. And I mainly do that because I'm in the league with a lot of my family. And so we do it for bragging rights. And I, I'm a very competitive person, so that's the most, you know, my interaction is. But I, I don't watch football games. Um, I don't 
buying the Maddens. I don't buy NFL jerseys. I don't buy NFL pass. Like I don't, I don't do anything subconsciously knowing that the money I'm spending is attributing to the revenue for the NFL. And me not spending money with the NFL does not affect them bottom line at all because there's millions of other people who are spending thousands, if not millions of dollars um, with this company. But I wouldn't be able to sleep with myself at night knowing that I continue to contribute the money that I make to help them out. I, I just wouldn't be able to do it. The funny thing about all this is that in the wake of it, now they're dealing with another investigation, which is going on. And I hope that I speak about it in a later episode. But now it's more racism being, to, being brought to the front. There's black coaches who are being who are probably going to be blackballed because they're speaking out on things, speaking out about, you know, they've been hired for they, they've been hired and set up for failure. Some even went as far as to say they've been offered compensation, compensation, compensation to fail at their jobs so that they can then be fired. And then a white saver can come in and save the franchise. Um, a lot of details are coming out. A lot of more things. The story is still developing. But we're going to speak about this in later episodes of this podcast as well, because that is another thing. Like. We've been shown time and time again that this entity is racist, don't care about our people. And would do whatever they can to uphold the standard of the Good Boys Club. Something that uh, helped propel that idiot that was our previous president. So I'll say all that to say, continue black people, it's Black History Month, continue to value yourself, continue to uplift your people, support your people, stand for something or fall for anything, damn it. We got to continue to uplift ourselves because no one else will. We know how these people feel about us. We know how these people treat us. We've been shown time and time again for the past 400 plus years how they feel about us. And we will be fools to continue to allow this to happen. Like we have to stand our ground. And I felt like that time started two years ago in the wake of all those deaths because we've seen a lot of shame. We've seen a lot of shifts. We've seen a lot of shifts and demands. But let's continue to build upon that. And that's the Speak On Peace podcast for this week, y'all. Before we get out of here, my what to watch for this week is Abbott Elementary on ABC. Once again, my what to watch for this week is Abbott Elementary on ABC. Please make sure you are like, comment, and subscribe in the Speak On Peace podcast. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your coworkers, wherever you want to share it with. It is greatly appreciated. Once again, that's the Speak On Peace podcast for this week. I'm out.